Broadcasting from their dining room table in Long Beach, California, it's The Stonebirds with Dave Stone and Katie Strandberg. Get it? Advice and encouragement from two goofballs who can barely run their own lives. Call now at 562-548-2012 to be a part of the show. Now welcome the Stonebirds. Lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day. Who's this, Prince? Oh, hi, Cecil. Hey. <laughs> Bill Weatherspoon's. Bill Weathers. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it's Bill uh, Weathers. Yeah, that's correct. That's pretty good. There we are. Yeah, he really gets into it. Yeah. You can just tell he's so happy and excited about this song. Man, that voice. Rest in peace, Bill Weathers. Oh, just shit. passed recently. He died? Yeah, like, like a month ago. I don't ago. know where you get your... I'm very impressed where you get your news. Yeah. I guess you just look at it. I'm a bloodhound. You're very good I've at rooted out. <laughs> well, news... Can, log on to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Twitter. If Instagram had, like, picture news, I feel like I'd be interested. <laughs> picture news. I'm awful. Oh, boy. How's it going, boo? Good! You're, um... You're speaking. Your speech is good. Oh, so much better. I yeah. had a tooth removed. Mm-hmm. In, okay. You had a large <laughs> chunk of bone removed from your skull. The bottom molar uh, to the right side of my face was so chipped mm-hmm. and damaged that I would have to spend about 15 minutes flossing. Like, I would have to get one of those, you know, the toothpick flosser things that I get. Yeah, I don't like those. And then I put it down, and I would, like, shove it into the hole, and there would be so much food. And it was so painful. I'm sorry. (laughs) I never shared that with you. There are so many disgusting hidden things that I don't tell you that I do. Hmm. Anyway, love you. Uh, yeah. So this has been bothering you for I want to say months, but actually years. <laughs> Two years. I hate the dentist. Last time I went, I had to get a different tooth pulled mm-hmm. because of the same problem on the other side. So I don't like look like uh. You so know. you're down two teeth. I'm down two teeth. Boy, I thought I was white trash by missing one. First of all, I'm in training to be a mm-hmm. white trash basic bitch, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be my genre. Yeah. Yeah. Think white trash <laughs> basic bitch. Yeah. <laughs> what does a white trash basic bitch do? Instead of Ugg boots, it'll be fake Ugg boots that you uh, wear with shorts. Knockoffs of Everything's everything. kind of knockoff mm-hmm. slash, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not really trying. I'm not saying white trash people don't give a shit, but I kind of like the, like, grittiness of it. Exposed lady belly. Why not? Yeah. I don't have a lady. No, belly. you don't. I'm saying you're going to have to I grow do. one. The COVID belly. You got the COVID belly. <laughs> I got the COVID belly. <laughs> I went on the scale yesterday and almost had a heart attack. Man, don't worry about that. Everybody's dealing with that right now. I've got one friend. Shout out to my buddy Craig Holzer, who I guess he's in the middle of some 
Rocky Balboa bullshit. Oh, I He's love like, hey, that. I've lost 12 pounds. I'm running four miles every day. I'm eating nothing but vegetables and chicken. Like, eh, good for you. <laughs> I, I, I clocked 103 steps yesterday. <laughs> I walked .01 mile yesterday, so. Yeah, well... You know, we're it's all a on weird a time. journey. I know, I, know. I know it's trite and cliche at this point, but it is a weird time. You, we do it's have to remind time. ourselves of this because I think we're so used to being like, okay, it's been this amount of time. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to everything. And we just can't yet. Yeah. But <sighs> so anyway. uh, we're late. Uh, by the way, this is Stoneberg's podcast. Hi, guys. That's Katie Strandberg. Hello. I'm Dave Stone. Uh, uh Pardon Good me. one, Boo. What is this? The Boogie nice. Monster? Um, oh, I like that one. Oh, shit. I broke earlier this week. <laughs> this <Sorry>. Calm down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> earlier this week, we took you to the dentist. Mm. And uh, you thought we were just going to go Dr. Ken for... Wheeler, shout out to Huntington Beach Dentist <laughs> yeah. that I oh, manically I... looked up. I'm There's glad... no research. Glad we didn't get caught in that god-awful Huntington Beach protests that oh, these idiots I know. are doing. But weirdly, the dental care... I don't want to wear a mask. What what freedoms and rights are being trampled upon by oh you dear. wearing a mask? Let's not go down the mask road, because I feel like that's a 20-minute rant. Yeah. And I love you. But yeah. Colin I, Kaepernick's a piece of shit, because okay. he kneels for the Pledge of Allegiance, because he, he's tired of black people getting unjustly killed. But hey, me and my AR-15 and my mismatched camo... They're going to go run around the Michigan State Capitol. Bunch I have a secret to tell idiots. you. I Sorry. have a secret to tell you. <clears throat> I'm kind of loving the footage on the idiots because uh-huh. it's like bad reality TV. It's like watching Idiocracy, but like in real time, like our time. So I, I kind of am starting to love it. Like I have to learn to love things that are so weird. And I love how you just go the dead opposite. <laughs> Like, I'm not idiots. encouraging it, but it is like, wow, these people have a point of view, mm-hmm. and they, yeah, they do. They have a very strong one, and we just, you know, and we have a strong point of view. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where I'm going with this. I don't have a dog in this fight. I mean, I have a dog. Imagine being <laughs> such a jackass <laughs> that you have to wear your AR-15 around in public. What's what an a, AR-15? AR-15 is an assault rifle that no individual citizen needs to own. I'm sorry. I'm pro-gun, by the the way. I'm pro-gun. I'm not against the Second Amendment. Yeah. But these morons walking around with these... Is it like a shotgun? No, it's a it's a um, automatic rifle. So it's like a bunch. It's like a bunch. You pull like, the trigger da-da-da. once and pop, 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 pop. Okay. There's there's automatic. There's semi-automatic. I, I won't bore you with the details, but regard either one, it's it's more firepower than the average citizen needs. And, right. Uh, <sighs> these idiots just walk around. They're stupid real Here's tree camo. Thing. If it was like, I need to get to the ocean to swim, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Go in the ocean, swim, and come out. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I just want to hang out. (laughs) We all want to hang out. My my forefathers didn't die face down in the muck, so I could not go to Olive Garden whenever I want. That's so funny. I mean, yeah, we are such a lazy generation <sighs> that we're asked to just stay home on a couch and yeah, watch Netflix. You can't do that. And no one can do it. No, no thanks. And by the way, I get the economic yes. part Oh of my God. It. I get, people, I totally get that if you're out of work, I get that. But I got a feeling a lot of those idiots running around the state capitol with their AR-15s, a lot of them, not all of them, but, but a lot of them aren't. That's not 
the first thing on their mind. I think it's, it's hey, look at me. There's something new for me to complain about and me to be a patriot of a patriot. Well, it's also probably their coping mechanism because they're not used to being at home this long with their significant others. I mean, I bet, oh, sorry. <laughs> I bet like, you know, it's, it's my aunt told me I've never been with my husband this long in my life. And yeah. I'm like, oh, right. Because yeah. people w- go to work every that's, day. That's and the they- <laughs> subtext. I hate my wife. <laughs> Send her back to work. I'm just going to go outside with my gun and run away. <laughs> There's some viral video. Uh, I forgot who posted it recently. But it's um, it's from the vantage point of, like, this guy's bedroom window. And he's looking down on his neighbor's house. So the, the, the vantage point is, like, second or third story. And he's looking down onto his next-door neighbor's house. And it's an older white guy, probably in his 60s. And he's got his trash cans out there in the back. And one of them, he's got a big bottle of wine or liquor or something. And he goes back there and he opens the trash can, pulls a bottle out, takes a big swig, puts it back. like As if, like, this is where I keep my secret stash so my wife doesn't know I'm drinking during oh, the day. Oh, I love him. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But anyway, all right, we're not going to ride. We try to... We try to stay away from politics yes, on the okay. show, so I, I will try okay. to behave myself Good. and not rant about the so back to the molar. morons. Okay, so um, I so we we dipped in because you thought you're just going to get a quick uh, checkup or cleaning. No, because you're not allowed to go into the dentist without a dental emergency. Okay. Oh, so you did have an emergency? Yeah, I did. I, I guess it was. my confusion is we thought it was going to take like an hour, and it turned into an all day thing. It did. Well, here's the thing. I thought I would go in emergency style. I had this whole thing planned in my head, like it was going to be really neat and like everyone's in a COVID mask and then it's very quick. It was not that, Mm -hmm. but they're only doing dental emergencies now, guys. I love how we're like, people shouldn't stay, should stay at home. And I'm like, I went to the dentist. Well, it was an emergency. (laughs) It was the pain. Had you ignored it another week or two, it could have totally got infected and really messed you up. My face was so swollen. Mm -hmm. I looked... Uh, I mean, it could be the ice cream every night, but I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, but it was swollen on one side. The pain was getting too bad. Went in. Uh, everyone was nice. And I had to get a crown on one side, which mm. I know everyone's bored right now. Everyone's like, oh, let's check out. And then a molar on the other. Uh, the And it's so big. Like a tooth like well, that? Well, they, they removed the molar. You I'm sorry, they removed I didn't get one. You got a crown on this <laughs> side and had a molar removed Yes, on I'm side. sorry. I started in my head. Right. Um, but yeah, so that sucked. And here's the thing. I really thought I could drive myself home mm. because it was like 30 minutes away. By the way, <laughs> there are plenty of emergency dentists where we live. <laughs> but I love how I was like, oh, this one had the best Yelp reviews. There's literally a <laughs> dentist... <laughs> One block yeah, away. You could walk to it in 45 seconds. Did you even call that one and see what their prices were? I don't know. The one right behind it us? It was here? an emergency. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I don't even know. I don't understand my head. Anyway, so uh, went in. They were like, we need to get this out immediately. Uh-huh. <laughs> and That's a pretty serious thing like for for people who haven't <laughs> for all you fancy people who <laughs> still got all your teeth <laughs> Like, it's not a simple little thing. You had to literally, what, take your tooth out with the dentist? I had to help my... I I, I don't know if I told the story on this podcast, but uh, in 2005, I got uh, a tooth pulled in a double-wide trailer in Dahlonega, Georgia. 
by a wiry old man who was sweating and his forearms were cramping up. Like it took 20 minutes of like just him using all his body weight and all his leverage to just grind and tug and pull that thing. And then he'd he'd stop and wipe his brow and wring out his hands and then he'd get another grip and then he'd pull the other way. And was this at a very nice dental office? No, no, No. it was double wide trailer. Yeah. (laughs) Literally a double wide trailer. <laughs> paid paid one hundred eighty dollars cash. Dave and I go to trailers. I love boy. We didn't have dentists. We just go out to the creek and hit a, hit ourselves in the mouth with a rock and hope for the best. Well, yeah, but yeah. It, so I came out and then I texted you and said, "Okay, well, I have to come back in an hour, yeah. so I'm just going to stay here." And you were like, "I'll drive you." Yeah. And they they said I needed a driver, but I was like, "Ah, it's." Fine. And boy, did you need a driver. Ooh. That that ride home. You taped some of I it. I think I got some audio I'll you dig did. up and try to throw on here. Uh, that ride home, you were you were a cuckoo bird. Well, I don't even remember it. It was talking the way, first of all, the way you're talking. <laughs> I'm like a little old Dutch lady. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird accent. You had a weird impediment. That flushed an accent out of you. And then I, I kept flop, flopping in the car. I remember yeah. that. I was kind of like a tree in the wind. Yeah. Like it was very. <laughs> you were talking about. You were talking about. I really love you. And I'm sorry that when we broke up. You were talking about oh, when we broke God. up years ago. You oh, tried to replace me. Oh, and I looked, I looked I looked around. I looked so hard. But I just couldn't replace you. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> so, oh, well, thanks, sweetie. But yeah, you were. You are out of business. Yeah. So that was real weird. And then I was on painkillers all week. So I had a real treat. Also, monthly flow came to town. That's what they call periods. A lot going on. Okay. But yeah, so it's been an interesting week Mm -hmm. for you. Thank you. Plus your cabin fever, plus, you know, quarantine blues. (laughs) But uh, you're, you're surviving, boo. Thanks, boo. You're doing well. Doing okay. So how's it feeling today? It's a lot better. Uh-huh. It's a lot better. I feel better. I feel like I lost some... I should lose weight because it is such a big tooth. Yeah, that's true. Concerned uh-huh. that I didn't lose any weight from that, yeah. but there's time. There's time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you've been in... Uh, How was your week? How was being a nurse to me all week? Oh, it was fine. Not. I don't. I don't have to. I get to. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that a good Everybody take notes. No, but you... Uh, I was a nightmare, guys. I am a nightmare. I want, like, 19 beverages next to me, even though I'll probably just drink one. And you, you, can't, there's, you can't use a straw for another seven weeks. <sighs> you can't uh, smoke anything. I'm not going to smoke anything. You can't, you know, yeah. any jazz cigarettes or anything <laughs> like that. I'm just sort of in a interesting time. Mm-hmm. So this has been really fun. <laughs> <laughs> but we're hanging in there. Uh, I appreciate everybody who's been sending in calls. We're probably not going to do any calls today. We're not doing calls today. Because uh, today is somewhat of a special episode. Yeah. And uh, while it might be sad in nature, we want this to be um, a tribute of a life well-lived. Oh, thank you, boo. Because uh, today, as we're recording, we're a couple days late because of uh, Katie's rotten mouth. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so as we're recording this, and we'll, we'll put this out today, too, uh, Cinco de Mayo. It's May Happy 5th. Cinco de Mayo, everyone. Yes, I got some carne asada, oh, marinating. So cute. We're going to watch Selena later. <laughs> I Either think that, that would be a good one, no? Yeah, I, I, I mm. vote for um, 
El Mariachi. I don't Robert know what Rod- that is. Robert Rodriguez movie. It's, it's good. Okay. Uh, anyway. What's his name? Uh, who's who's the Latin hunk from the 80s and 90s? Oh, uh, Antonio Banderas? Yes, Antonio I Banderas. love yeah. me some Antonio so he's in Banderas. There. I think Selma Hayek's on that, too. So She's, she's a looker. Yeah. Man, the Bless rack her on her. Am she's I wrong? <laughs> well, I wouldn't go to say it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, as we're recording, it's May 5th. Okay. Uh, May 8th, uh, simple math tells you, it's three <laughs> days away. Uh, but that's a special day for you. Yeah, it's um, my mom passed away May eighth of last so, year. Of last year, last year, and so Corrine—that's that was my mom's name. Corrine Strandberg. K O R E E N. Yeah. Corrine. She hated that name. I like it. That's like it's a. Cute it's name. a cute name. She hated it. She went by K mm-hmm. a lot because people would be like Chlorine. <laughs> she <Chlorine>. hated that. <laughs> but yeah, my mom had a rough year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, 2019, right? Was that 2019? Mm-hmm, it's yeah. funny when, when you lose someone like this, mm-hmm. like you don't know days or time. It is, <laughs> and I'm not being overdramatic. It's like quarantine, but like a soulful one where mm-hmm. you just feel like when, when someone is sick, like your mom or dad or whatever close family member you have, everyone in the house is sick. Mm-hmm. Like you almost feel like you just want to save them and. I just felt sick as well. Anyway, so yeah, my mom had an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. um, and it affected her kidneys, and she just had no energy, and and that's and that was like the slow decline. Like she had a lot of falls. My mom was seventy seven, yeah, and she was she a that, fighter. That final year was rough. She and she, she was had, doing good. She was doing she. She was doing good. She hated dialysis, but she did make friends with a couple nurses. She hated one guy and would wear her sunglasses inside mm-hmm. the dialysis center to avoid to avoid eye contact with him. Yes. That's funny. Uh, she was but, the best. I mean, but that last year was rough. Yeah, because how did how did the last well probably last year and a half? What yeah. give us the timeline of the the different health issues and the decline? Okay. So the autoimmune disease, which I forget the name of it because it's so weird, mm-hmm. but um, our doctor in Orange County, he specializes in kidneys. Okay. So he said basically mom's kidneys were shutting down. Mm-hmm. And because of what? Any particular The reason? autoimmune disease. The autoimmune. Atta- gotcha. I guess it attacked okay. her kidneys. So then cool. All right. So my dad is very military-ish mm-hmm. and very like, okay, solution. Mm-hmm. Like... And me and my sister were like, okay, you can have our kidneys. Like, we were just trying to <laughs> figure out. Did, it, did that really, did that, um, did it get to that? Like, it did. I got that have pee to test. I got That's that, right. You got remember? tested. I got the gallon thing. I had to pee in. Um, I couldn't do it because of my stupid lung. But uh-huh. um, anyway, so yeah. Uh, so, so it started kidneys. off with the autoimmune, then it attacked her kidney. Then it attacked the kidney. So poor girl. And then she had to do dialysis. And then she was on talk about medication i mean she was on protozone which made her so mad which was really funny to watch because my mom was the most easygoing human of life at one point on protozone she was like i brought her flowers and she was like i hate roses and i was like okay (laughs) mom but uh so the kidneys happened then um 
she fell. She broke from, a vertebrae or something. She broke her back for the second time, but not... She broke it like 10 years ago uh-huh. before because she was wearing shape-up shoes, Aww. those Skechers shape-ups, yeah. and she fell off the truck. Oh. My dad's truck. I know. So, but she got through that. She... Anyway, so she broke her back, and then we had to have a caretaker in home, mm-hmm. and she was an angel of Angie. My dad called her vagina, because he's my dad, and <laughs> she was an angel and helped her, and so she was still good then, remember? It was around, mm-hmm. like, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. she was doing okay, yeah. and then she fell again. Uh-huh. This time, she broke her, I forget. Did she break her collarbone? It was collar... I mean, I I feel awful because I don't... It was just such a whirlwind. Then she had surgery for um, blood clots. Then she was in in and out of rehab centers. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you guys... Not like the drug and alcohol ones, like the ones. (laughs) um, I didn't know what these were. It was like... It's like nursing homes slash rehab centers, which... It's where you go when you're not quite ready to go home, but the insurance companies want to get you out of the hospital. Yes. And it's just... The third layer of hell. And they pretend that they're doing... Like, I just... I hate all rehab centers now. But anyway, they did the best they could. Mm -hmm. And she got out of rehab. Then she had blood clots because she was just bedridden for Mm -hmm. about three months. And holy shit. Yeah. Now, also keep in mind, everything you just described all took place in the course of about 12 to 15 months. Uh, this is the same woman who, what, 15, 20 years earlier, survived a brain tumor? Oh, 30. 30, 30 years, years ago. She had, um, when I was five, my mom had headaches, and I remember it was so normal. Like, mom was sick. I just remember being a little girl, being in the hospital with my dad. Mm-hmm. He was pacing around, and I could tell he was just out of his mind, and I didn't understand. Like, I just thought, oh, mom's sick. She's going to be okay. Because they didn't really tell me. And then she was bald. And she had this huge, like... So she did chemo. She did. Right uh, no, they had to shave her head to get the huge oh, softball size tumor out of her head. And she Jeez. was supposed to die, for sure. They gave her, like, no shot. And she survived it. So this is when you were five. I was five. Then mom was sick a lot. And then she recovered. Because she's a fucking baller. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I keep saying is and was. That's all right. Uh, anyway, so. Don't, don't worry about conjugation. <laughs> but yeah, so that happened. And she just, she persevered. Then the broken back happened about 10 years later. Like, poor woman. Like, <laughs> And not to throw logs on the, on the sad fire here, but in between the tumor and her last bouts of uh, sickness in between those two dates, this is the same woman who lost her daughter. Yeah. She lost her 23-year-old daughter to cancer. Jesus. So, okay, (laughs) I know it's very Debbie Downer, but it it was her life. And Mm -hmm. here's the thing about my mom and dad. When all this happened... I I don't remember details and stuff because my mom never made a big deal out of anything. It was always about everyone else. It was always about what I can do, how I can help. And she did it seamlessly in a way that I really was like, oh, she was sick, got a thing out of her head. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like she didn't make it a big deal. Yeah. 
And that is how she lived her life. It was always service to mm. anyone else. Like she was, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. That's all right. That's all right. Um, she was just like so giving mm-hmm. that I, I was explaining to you the other day that like I've just noticed, oh my God, this is all the stuff she did. Like, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Like, she always did all the laundry. She always put things away. She always did all the shopping. She had a... She was a full-time farmer, by the way. Would wake up at 4 a.m., go to markets. Badass. And then take me to practices. Like, I was my mom's shadow. I adored my mom because it was just... She was amazing. Mm -hmm. I just... I would literally... I'm so codependent that I would follow her into the bathroom. (laughs) And she'd be like, okay, boundaries. (laughs) Like Charlie does with you. Yeah. I just couldn't get enough. I loved her so much. And I I felt <laughs> like I got my mom. Mm-hmm. Like I understood. There was just like a bond there <laughs> that, I mean, you, she looked into your eyes and you just felt so loved and warm <laughs> and accepted and understanding. And I know these are all broad terms, but it really is who she was. She was a sweet lady. She was Soft-spoken. You met her. She would call you Dave Stone. She'd call me Dave Stone. Say happy yeah. birthday to Dave Stone. I think Dave Stone is coming over. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think a lot of people from her generation, like uh, my parents, you know, are in the same generation. Um, they, I don't know if it's, I don't know what your mother's upbringing was like. We can get into that in a second. But, I, you know, obviously a lot of people from that generation um, grew up, Tough and poor and of humble means. Yeah. And uh, they weren't Potato. Potato farmers. They weren't pampered uh, the way people are today. And I think uh, there's just an inherent toughness that comes with that of... I mean, my mom has been in a wheelchair for 50 years almost. And it's just not a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it is a big deal to her, but... Oh, well. Yeah. I'll deal with oh, it. Oh, I know. You and know? she's the most sunshiny Sue ever. My dad, you she's know, grew up... Sue, but, you know. My dad was an orphan mistreated, yeah. kicked around, you'd never know it. You know, I think there's, that's a quality that that generation has that uh, I think is a dying quality of just not grin and bear it, but trudge forward, move on, don't complain. Well, it could mom, always be worse. My mom was a dreamer. Mm-hmm. I, I, She was born in Alt, Colorado, which is a small little town, and it means a unique little town. That's what Alt stands for. Okay. That's the cutest thing. A-U-L-T is that Yeah, A-U-L-T. Okay. And she was the eldest. And of she, how many? Uh, it was Corrine and my <laughs> uncle Corwin. Okay. Corrine so and siblings. Corwin. Two kids. <laughs> Those are fun names. Yeah. But my mom and her dad and mom, they were farmers. They okay. had a farm. Potatoes? Uh-huh. Potato farm. How about that, that cute? And they were very religious. Like, my mom went to a strict church. Like, uh, they didn't play cards. They didn't drink or dance. It was very much like tiny town from Footloose. Very Footloose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just want to dance. I just, she just wanted to dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a little, like she went on dates apparently. She had crushes. My mom's best friend from childhood, Judy Coles, who is one of the sweetest women ever. And they were still best friends. That just shows my mom's awesomeness. Um, told me that they used to like 
make pancakes for their town. Like they, oh. they on May, May 1st, my mom called it May Day in their uh-huh. town and they would leave baskets of daisies for people. Like Just because. Yeah. Like that was the kind of person she was and she wanted to get out of there. So <laughs> mom decided she wanted to be a teacher okay and wanted to move to california she was like okay i'm gonna move somewhere i'm gonna go to california and i'm gonna give it two years and then i'll come back so she went to college in colorado yeah so after college she immediately just took off for california yes and i'm the worst daughter ever because i have no idea what college she went to (laughs) where did she land in california she landed in orange county she had a roommate it was her and her cute little roommate, and they were both teachers. They were walking distance from the school, which is so cute because she didn't have a car. For those uh, not familiar with the local terrain here, uh, Orange County is about 40 miles southeast of Los Angeles. Yeah. It's like Some, a beach, beachy, yeah. I it, mean, kind of. Kind of the, <laughs> kind of the very, now, the very suburban, uh, affluent suburb yeah. of, of uh, L.A. And back then, it was very small. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I remember my aunt telling me like when Disneyland was just being built, like it wasn't like this huge, uh-huh. you know, thing it is now, but so she, she graduates college. She moves to Orange County. She yeah. gets an apartment. She has a roommate. Yeah. She has a job. She gets full-time a job, job doing... teaching. She's an elementary school teacher. Oh. I know. Second grade. Do and you remember what school? Is that school still around? I don't know what school. My grandmother was an elementary school teacher. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. What grade? Uh, like first or second? Yeah, mine too. I I know. First, Blackwell second. Elementary in Marietta, oh. Georgia. Yeah. Well, yeah. So she was the teacher. She also taught. Like she was just so helpful. Like I mean, talk about a grateful heart and a beautiful human. Um. Anyway, so her roommate said, "Corrine, we're gonna go on a double date." Uh huh. And so this would have been. Let's let's try to put the okay. year on this. Uh, she's. When was she born? She died in 19 at 77. 77, yeah. So, oh boy, let me try to 42? Yeah, uh, yeah, 42. Yeah. So, if at 23, this would have been 65? Yeah. Okay, so around 65. So, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, so, no, so her roommate, okay. her roommate does what? Okay, so roommate says, hey, we're going to go on a double date. You're going to, there's a guy. And my mom's only stipulations was... He has to be Christian, and he has to be taller than her. Because <laughs> your mom's pretty tall. Or she, oh, yeah. She was 5'9". She was 5'9". So, your dad's about 6'4", yeah. so that's where you get your height. 5'9", blonde, adorable, like just spontaneous and really easygoing. Like, she would crush on Tinder. She really... <laughs> Gross. I know. Don't, that's weird. Okay. That com- was a strange one. Don't combine I those don't. worlds. <laughs> Um, no, she would be on Christian Mingle or something like eHarmony. Farmers only. Yeah, for sure. For sure. A Christian version though. Like farmers only. What's Um, your favorite manure? But my Um. dad and her met that night Mm -hmm. and he played basketball Mm -hmm. and he was like a man's man. And my dad was from Orange County and was very, a dude's dude. Did hot rods and drink beer in the garage. And I think my mom was just fascinated because talk about two <laughs> separate lives merging together. Your dad uh, went to high school with a couple of the Beach Boys and the Everly Brothers. Yes! He was friends with the Everly Brothers and at least two of the Beach Boys. Yeah, that's insane. That's, cr- that's crazy. And the Righteous Brothers, um, 
Unchained Melody. Righteous Brothers, not Everly. I'm sorry. Oh, it's right, okay. Righteous Brothers. Everly I, Brothers are from Alabama or something. That's all right. But yeah. Maybe they are friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could be righteous right. Righteous Brothers. The Righteous Brothers. And uh, their wedding song was Unchained Melody. Mm-hmm. So that's <coughs> every time my dad hears that, he just starts weeping, which. Such a classic. It's tune. so good. It's so good. Okay. So they met that night. <laughs> he said. Where'd he, they go? Um, I believe they went bowling. My mom loved awesome. bowling. Awesome. She had her own bowling ball. Mm-hmm. She was a part of a bowling league. She had her own ball? Yeah. That's, and she played the accordion. Badass. What? <laughs> My dad played the accordion. How weird is that? Isn't that the cutest thing in the entire <laughs> Your mom world? bowled and, and played the accordion. It was adorable. That is she so was great. very she liked structure in that way. Uh-huh. She was very structured as like a school teacher and she just liked I don't know. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So they went on a date, and six months later, they were in a truck with my... My dad and her were in a truck on some road trip. They always just drove places. And he, I guess driving, was like, hey, would you like to be my roommate? And my mom was like, what? And he's like, would you like to be my permanent roommate? (laughs) She's like, are you asking me to marry you? Yes. Boy, that's a pretty lame way to propose. Oh, okay. uh, he should have a better way I, would be to go to uh, a nursing home <laughs> where and, my with, mom and dad have been with, in the past year with no ring <laughs> and uh, get down on one knee and propose while <laughs> my while, dad's peeing into his catheter. While he's peeing into a catheter. Oh, God. <laughs> it was the moment, boo. It was mm-hmm. very special. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so my mom said yes. They got married. They had daisies at their wedding. Oh. Um, my dad has one sister, my aunt Joni, and at the time, his mom, Phyllis, I love that name so much, Phyllis Strandberg, um, and my mom became like best friends with them. They were Oh, really? So she was tight with her sister-in-law and her mother-in-law? They just hung out. They were like thick as thieves. Oh, man. It was so cute. They would go to bridge together. They would go to Denny's. They would go like... Uh, this is especially my mom and my grandma, my nana. Um, and yeah, they were they were best pals. Anyway, so they were married, my mom and dad, for 52 years? 53? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's um, 53. Yeah. And weirdly, their anniversary, June 24th, mm-hmm. is unfortunately the anniversary of beautiful Don Stone. That's right. Your parents' anniversary is the same day my dad died. So fun. I know. This is Want to get depressed? Well, Listen to the well, and that's kind of why we're talking about this today, because uh, not only did your mother pass on May 8th, but that's two days before Mother's Day. So yeah. May is a tough month for you, but you made you were talking to my mom the other day on the phone, and you made an interesting point. Like, in a way, I'm glad that the two dates are so close together, that way you can get all the pain out in one weekend. Yeah. It's like my mom knew like, mm-hmm. okay, Kate, you just get this. <laughs> Let me give you this like four day period and then you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Not, but yeah, it was last, last year was my first mother's day without her, but I was still in I mean, shock. Two days, 48 hours later. And I just, count. I remember just sitting at Walmart in like the garden section and crying a lot and listening to their music, but it was all music mm-hmm. that my mom and I would listen to. It was crazy. Like 90s country. Like very specific like radio station. I just felt my mom was like, I'm here. Hey girl. Aww. Like, you know. Um, 
So let's talk about this last year and the grieving process. Okay. Um, I'm coming up on two years. Okay. In June. And uh, everybody says that first year's the, the toughest. <laughs> and uh, that was the case for me. It's, I, I don't want to say it's, I mean, I guess by default it has gotten better. You know, my, my grief and, and my, uh, the pain that I have for the loss of my dad. But um, it's definitely gotten better from, you know, day 366 till now. But hmm. uh, that first year was tough for me. And this has been a tough year for you. Oh, boo. I don't what, know uh, how you've stayed with me. You should be running for the hills. <laughs> um, how, do you, how, would you explain, how would you explain the grieving process of someone so close to you uh, to someone who, hasn't, who fortunately hasn't experienced that yet? Because until my dad passed, I hadn't. I mean, I lost my grandmother and I lost my grandfather. Yeah. But, you know, no disrespect to grandparents, but that's... You, you, we always prepare for that. Yeah. It's and a, depending on the relationship, I mean, some people's grandparents are like their parents. Yeah. So that, you know, uh-huh. but I understand there's, yes. But the sheer age difference. Yes. As soon as you understand mortality, you know, as a child, you're like, oh, okay, well, grandma, grandpa, not going to be around too much longer. So you're kind of uh, subconsciously mentally preparing for that. But it's hard to mentally prepare for the loss of a parent. Yeah. It's, well... Okay, so for a year and a half, she was slowly declining. And the thing about my mom is I think she was sick for much longer, Mm -hmm. much like my tooth that I didn't go and see somebody for. Like, I think she just grinned and bared. Like, oh, I feel really tired. I, You know, there wasn't a, let me go check in with a doctor. Like, Mm -hmm. because she always focused on my dad or me or Judy. That's my other sister. Um, And... Susie, who passed away when I was 13. So it was always about everyone else. And I think my mom and dad, I'm sorry, I have to reverse a little bit. They have, they had a 50 acre ranch mm-hmm. in Corona, California. That's for, where you grew up. Yeah, I grew up and it, their house was built by them. And what'd they farm? Uh, it was orange, like citrus. I say ranch, but it wasn't like cows and stuff. It mm-hmm. was like uh, lemons, avocados, grapefruit, mm. oranges, and we grew up. That was like our family business. What was that? Upstairs. Oh, upstairs. Okay, phew. <laughs> I thought it was our cats getting out. No. Um, and so my mom and dad just farmed and worked their asses off. And, and would do the farmer's market circuit. 4 a.m., go to farmer's markets, which is like, you know, a swap meet for fruit and vegetables. And I would go and help. And I hated it on the weekends. And my mom would always knock on my door at four on Saturday mornings and be like, rise and shine. You have to get up at 4 a.m. And give God your glory, glory. I know. (laughs) She was so cute. And my dad, to wake us up, would put a vacuum on the tile floor and (laughs) just press on. So it would be like, (laughs) so it was a different way. But yeah, they worked hard. And then this is when I think she started getting super sick. Mm -hmm. Um, they had a, they were moving. They got the farm sold weirdly to this guy that was like a CEO or CFO, something that did leggings or one of those marketing, multi-marketing things where mm. it was called Lulu something. Anyway, long story short, that guy bought my mom and dad's ranch in Corona mm-hmm. and then they were moving to Orange County. And this so is they, just a few years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Because when I first met you, they lived in Corona. Yeah, and I would always have oranges. Yep. She always sent me with like a care package yeah. 
of food. You, every time I went over to your apartment, you had oranges oh, and, and lemons oh. and avocados. Oh, man. I was so lucky. Remember that orange juice I made oh, you? The best orange juice I've ever had. It was. I mean, fresh squeezed orange juice by itself is amazing, but then if the oranges themselves are amazing, oh, boy. I mean. It was the best, it was the best beverage I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> Seriously. That's amazing. Yeah, it was insane. I love that. My mom would love that. Yeah. Like, my mom, yeah. So she, by the way, Corrine didn't give a shit about how, like, fashions and stuff, mm-hmm. but she pulled off a Target hoodless sweatshirt like nobody's business. <laughs> business. Like, she was adorable. She was adorable. She had the cool mom jeans. Like, she was just, she was just her in mm-hmm. all her glory and fuck everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. and not in a mean way, but just, I'm here for service. I'm doing my thing. I'm yeah. doing my thing. I care about my family, first and foremost. So she, the estate sale happened. They sold their farm. And mm-hmm. I remember going to the estate sale, and it was like all my mom and dad's things. Of like 35 years yeah. or 30 years of stuff. And I, I remember being like, this is weird. Like, it's weird to get rid of all this. I, I don't know. I know it's purging and it's good. <laughs> but I felt like at that point, my mom was like, okay, let's start getting rid of stuff. I don't really feel well. I oh, don't know. Judy, okay. my sister, also thinks that's the time mm-hmm. that she kind of started to decline. Okay. They moved to this beautiful home in Villa Park, mm-hmm. a, a little uh, in Orange County. Mm-hmm. and Where we lived for two months. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> that was an experience, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and she loved it. And she, my mom would just be like, yeah, let's go. Like the most go with the flow person mm-hmm. ever. And would which just, is such a good quality to have. Oh, and such was up for anything. Was, she loved to travel. Yeah. She loved to, I remember my sister Judy wanted to go to Colorado for college. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom was like, let's go. And they just hopped in the car spontaneously and drove to the college in Colorado. It's like an 18 hour drive. Yeah. And it was amazing. Uh, Harvey just jumped onto the table, but I I keep going all over the place. That's all right. But um, I do I do have like a a list sure. that I wrote um okay. because I will get to the grieving process. But you just talk about whatever you want to talk about. First this of is, all, we're just honoring Corrine today, and you know I understand this is uh, maybe not the most feel good episode of the Stonebergs. And uh, if you're not in the mood, feel free to... You've probably already turned it off. But, uh, no, I think it's important. I mean, you're... Like I said, with the uh, with her her death and, and Mother's Day being two days apart and being this weekend, um, you know, I think I it's good. I wanted to honor her. Yeah, I wanted to, to do honor something. Her in some way. My mom always went to my comedy shows, mm-hmm. always. I mean, she would drive an hour and a half to see me do like my one woman shows that were just silly and weird. And at 10 PM on Hollywood Boulevard on like a Wednesday, Harvey, come on, Um, Harvey, get down. But yeah. So, okay. So here's the thing. I did this at my mama's um, memorial Uh and it was 10 things that is like all Corrine, Mm -hmm. like what she loved. Like if you needed to know my mom, I broke it down. So number one, Danielle Steele novels and or any grocery store book that's on that thing in the grocery store next to the magazines, on it. She was, she a, was pretty, a big reader. Pretty ferocious reader. Oh, love to read. And I think right my mom ferocious. was a very good artist, like a writer. Like, I think she would have been an amazing writer. Really? Yeah. She was, oh, just so cute. Um, number two, 
you have to write a thank you note no matter what and list every single thing. Mm -hmm. And you know my gifts are like, here's a squishy ball and an outfit. You and my mom (laughs) have uh, gotten into that um, downward spiral of thank you notes. It's like, thank you. Yeah. You give a gift, she sends a thank you note, and then you send a thank you for the thank you. Yeah, and then she sends me a thank you. Where does does it end? It doesn't end. It doesn't. It's a weird cycle. So your mom loved to send out thank you notes. She always did. Always wrote down. She'd keep a big box of them. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and it was always personalized uh-huh. stationery, so it was very appropriate. Aww. She was very, like, those little labels, like, on the, where, the return address. The return address label. She oh, had yeah. Own, yeah. Oh, she nice. had a shit ton. That yeah. was, like, her thing. Um, Martha Stewart. Uh-huh. That was, like, a big thing growing up for me. Around seven or eight, my eldest sister, who's an o- OCD monster, uh, Susie, who I love and we miss. Um, but she got into Martha Stewart and would subscribe to Martha Stewart living. Uh-huh. My mom kind of liked it, but I could tell it made her super nervous because Martha Stewart was so organized oh, okay. and like it made her feel bad. Like intimidating. To- so it was kind of like a love hate. But then after Susie passed away, she kept getting it. Uh-huh. That and National Geographic. Weirdly. Oh, yeah. I like love she that. loved National Geographic. I've, I used to have a subscription to that. I've been really? wanting to, to get another one. But yeah, and that's she just, saved them. Yeah, that's like something a fun weird, to have around. I don't know. It was just like Corrine. Why? Well, because it's. I get that. It's not just your typical magazine. Like, National Geographic's, like, the photography, like, some of those are just gorgeous to flip through, you know? So that's definitely, if you're going to hoard and save a magazine, that's one to do. Yeah, and she was a secret little hoarder. Yeah. She was hilarious with her hoarding. My mom, (laughs) she would, and she would also keep any type of vegetable. There was always, like, a rotten (laughs) tomato on the ledge Uh by the kitchen. Like, you know how you put... Fresh veggies Mm -hmm. on the thing. My mom would, but then she would forget. So I would always, that's why I'm like, why is there stuff on the the thing? Because I would have to scrub like tomato skin off of tile. Harvey, Um, buddy, come on, get down. Um, Oh, God. (laughs) God, Um, We would go on night walks. Uh, We would go on night walks together. It was the best. And on night walks, we would go... On our dirt road, we lived off of a dirt road, and we would go and shut the gate. That was like a big thing. Every night, shut the gate so then people don't come in and go into the farm. Did you guys have any livestock? No. <laughs> we had a lot of dogs that mm-hmm. my dad entitles walk-ons that were just like stray dogs, and then they would go away. Mm-hmm. And finally, when I was 13, they were like, ah. They would just say like, oh, they went away, Katie. And at 13, they were like, just tell her the truth, Corrine. <laughs> The coyotes eat them, Katie. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) But my mom, my mom would always roll her eyes at my dad. My Mm -hmm. mom would always, she was very much the straight man Mm -hmm. in their relationship. My mom loved getting up early, Mm -hmm. gassing all the cars. Like if my sisters were visiting, she would go and gas up the cars. She would grab the keys and go put gas in people's cars for them. Yeah. Full gas. And she would get it cleaned usually wow. like a professional Lenny Dykstra which is a <laughs> what Lenny Dykstra is a smash hit car wash that my mm. mom was obsessed with and Do you it know was... who Lenny Dykstra is no he's a baseball player yeah Lenny Dykstra was was, was an incredible baseball so player. that that's why the whole thing he was very baseball wash? themed Oh, I didn't even know that. I don't know if it was his or <clears throat> he, they just really liked him. He used to chew so much tobacco. He'd play center field. 
and he chewed so much tobacco that there's stories about the, you know, in baseball, one team's out on the field, and then when you get three outs, the team swap, and the other team goes out into the field. Uh, more than one opposing center fielder would comment on how disgusting the center field was, uh, like 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 wet, Ew. like someone left a sprinkler on, Ew. full of tobacco juice. That's how much oh. tobacco Lenny Dykstra used to, to chew when he's out there playing center huh. field. Anyway. All right. So, so she she would, she would go to Lindy Dykstra's car wash and get all of the cars clean. This is all before like seven a.m. By the way, jeez. Then her and my dad went through a period. They got excited about things in the morning. Like morning time was their time to shine, uh-huh. and they would go get bagels. They would go on that kick for a while. They would drive to Big Bear and go to a swap meet. Like they were just best friends. And my mom loved my dad. Like yeah. she would just gaze at him. And just loved him. And she said all she ever wanted was a house, a, a little cabin slash house on a hill with a family. And she got that because we lived on a hill. Oh. And she just, I mean, that's all. She was just the most simple but beautiful soul. And and she had so much depth to her. Like, my mom was one of those people that you just have to, you just look at her and you're like, what's going on with you? Let, let's dig in. <laughs> and I just loved her. I loved all of her. She would have reading glasses everywhere. Reading glasses, you would always have to get at Costco. Mm-hmm. That was like a big thing, like the pack of 10. She always remembered people's birthdays. She never asked, she never talked about herself. It was always, how's this person? What's mm-hmm. going on with this person? This person, like, and... She loved talk radio. Oh, dear oh, yeah? God. Oh, man. Yeah. She, Dr. Laura Lessinger is a smash hit therapist. Is it Lessinger or Schlesinger? Schlesing? I don't know. I could be. Anyway, but she was like a call-in therapist that mm-hmm. was very like. Oh, yeah. I know Dr. Laura. Do you? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's why I. Oh. <laughs> that's, why I know. Quinet, that's why I questioned your pronunciation. Okay. I'd be a real asshole if I didn't know who you were talking about and then tried to correct you. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, bro. Yeah. But no, I am familiar. Dr. Laura was very popular. Well, yeah. And for those of you that don't know, she has a series of books, like the ones my mom would give me, like 10 things women do to mess up their lives, uh-huh. 10 ways a marriage breaks, like really weird and like <laughs> Avoid harsh. these pitfalls. Yeah. But... I hope that you and Dave Stone don't have any of these troubles. Oh, she just... <laughs> and she would always... With my dad, when he would go on his, like, large stories or rants, she would always do a timeout sign, like, timeout, okay, my turn to talk, and would just talk about something completely different. And she just, yeah, she was, uh, I know, I'm just, I'm going all over the place, I feel Sorry. like. No. But anyway, back to night walks. Mm-hmm. My mom would take, if she found nails, she would pick them up. Because she didn't want people to get a flat tire. Like, that's how she thought. It was Mm -hmm. always, like, 15 steps ahead to help, Mm -hmm. to be of service. She, she just, and she, she just was best friends with my dad. And after Susie passed away, I remember my other sister, Judy, who, she was incredibly, she was two years apart from Susie, Mm -hmm. and they were friends. And... Two years younger. I'm sorry, yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Once Susie passed away, Judy had to go back to college in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then it, I was going into high school. So it was me, my mom, and my dad. And I was like, cool, I'm going to be Susie now. And I'm going to be everything. And I'm going to make you smile. And everything's going to be fine. 
And we kind of made our own little team. And I, in my head, signed up to be like, okay, this is my full-time job. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come home every weekend, bag fruit, load the truck, try to go to markets, then go to college. I went to the same college my sister did, Susie. Didn't, I don't know. Anyway, long story short, we made our own little triangle. Mm -hmm. And in that time, my mom and I would kind of just be together in cars or like we would always have our own little time together. We'd go to Nordstrom and get our little iced teas. She loved iced tea uh, and would always make sun tea like outside. Oh, yeah, love oh sun tea. man. No sugar though. Always unsweetened. Mm. I know. I understand that. That's why I didn't like it that much. <laughs> but yeah, we were just pals. And I, I think this past year, it's hard with grief and especially... I'm just going to get vulnerable here. I struggle with depression. Mm -hmm. And so I had a really hard time uh, distinguishing depression and grief. Mm -hmm. And grief is so different because I've learned through my beautiful Irish therapist who's helped me through this process um, that it is, it does. And I know it's cliche, but it comes in waves and it, Mm -hmm. It obliterated me. It wasn't a wave in the beginning. It was a monsoon, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to cope, which is weird because I thought I would because of Susie, but if it's your mom, it's like your whole dynamic changes in your family. Mm -hmm. And you know me. I hate change more than anything. And it's like, oh, shit. Everything's different Mm -hmm. and everyone's coping in the way they need to. And I need to accept that. But like, holy shit, my heart's broken. And oh my God. So two days after my mom passed away, um, on, I mean, two days, about three days, Well, two days after she passed away would be mother's Mother's day. Day. Okay. So I think it was that Monday. That's when Charlie came into (laughs) my life and that's our chihuahua slash demon that we have. (laughs) Me, Charlie. A puppy. And that, I remember being like, okay, mom, I get it. Like, because I had to walk stupid puppy Charlie and, like, get out of my head. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there were days I didn't want to get out of bed, and I had to walk Charlie. I had to focus on something else other than myself. And I knew that was my mom uh, giving me, like, something else to focus on. Um, oh, man, I don't know. That's all right, boo. Uh But yeah, grief is, it's the worst and it's the hardest and no one knows anything. And, and it's so cute because so many people reached out to me and, uh, and told me like, here's a book. Like there's a lot of, I call it dead parent books that I'm like, I don't know, (laughs) but it's just like anything. You really do just have to go through it and Mm -hmm. experience your feelings. It's, um, and I do it in my way. I, I, you know, uh, Vanderpump Rules, which is a smash hit Bravo TV show, I have that on loop all the time. I tried to avoid my feelings a lot, but then they would just scrunch up into my body and I would just break down. Well, I think you're too hard on yourself. Uh, I think you've done a pretty darn good job this year, given all that you've been through. And uh, I... I feel guilty in the sense that I wasn't there for you the first three weeks. Cause like literally you were working literally like two or three days after she passed, I had to go on tour Yeah. and y'all, you and your family, you took your time figuring out the, the funeral 
The funeral wasn't until like a month later, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, 1st. June 1st. So I felt real guilty and bad, but like I had, you know, I had a big tour, had like 15 cities. No, had a bunch I of tickets sold. Is <laughs> you know you know how it is with a touring comedian. Uh, you got to make make hay while the sun shines. You know, like I I needed that money, um, so I felt bad that I wasn't there for you the first few weeks right after. But well, I mean, we, I we, we talked something? every day on the phone. Yeah, in, we in talked fact, every day. I, I've always felt guilty about that. Like, Aww. you know, I should have canceled that tour. But no, you needed money, and my mom would have hated it if you canceled. She'd mm-hmm. be like, no, forget it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I think, oh man, I had a thought and it just went away. Uh, about this, when I was gone? Well, you can never feel guilty. I mean, you can feel whatever you want to feel, but um, that day my mom passed away, you drove down all the way, like three hours in traffic. Mm-hmm. And I was at my sister's and I was just desolate. Like I didn't, I don't even really remember that day. And I, I do remember you coming in and just sitting with me mm-hmm. and that really meant a lot. And I know yeah, that sounds course. silly, but like you just being there, it was like, okay. Like I just, I knew that's what love was, which is just finding somebody to sit with you. Yeah. And it meant so much. I know that sounds silly and lame, but I'll tell you this, I'm never buying another ticket to a Major League Baseball game again, <laughs> because the day my dad died, I had tickets to see the Cincinnati Reds. I was in Cincinnati the day my dad died. I had tickets to that game, and the day your mom died, I had tickets to the uh, Dodgers and Braves, and uh, yeah, I'm not buying any more yeah. baseball tickets. <laughs> It was so hard. And that night, we just I remember driving home and just being like, well, I, I didn't talk about being in a coma like it, it does feel just like you're frozen and you were like go to the game oh, and i was yeah. like are you out of your mind <laughs> I was like, what the go shittiest boyfriend in history <laughs> sorry your mom died the game starts in an hour gotta go you were you literally like just go just go to the game i was like no way i'm not going to the game oh so many red vines so much sugar that night a lot of sugar um but yeah, I think, I guess it is so cliche, but time really does heal. Mm-hmm. And I remember my friend, Erin, I call her Gobbity, mm-hmm. uh, who said my mom would, would want me to be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's all she ever wanted for me. Absolutely. <laughs> As I'm weeping. And I remember getting that advice, like my mom would want me to be happy. And I remember like every part of my body being like, fuck this. No, my mom... I saw her fucking slowly die. Like, this is the worst feeling ever. And then when she said that, it was almost like a release. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I, I can be happy now. Like, I don't have to commit to being sad for my mom because that's not what she would want. Mm-hmm. And I guess the the bright side to to all of this is it was a year and a half of slow decline, but I felt like... I watched my mom fight. I learned what strength was. And I, I wanted to share a story about sure. um, one of the hospital visits. By the way, like we should have had a punch card that year because it was every other week. <laughs> and your dad, when he broke his hip last year, wound up in the same rehab center. 
And the, same hospital. In the same hospital yeah. that your mom was in. Which I think was so beautiful in a way. I mean, not that he broke his hip, but that we had to go revisit. We had to go to that place again. But I was just so depressed. I was staying at my dad's half the time. I was staying at our apartment in L.A. I was commuting all the time. I just was all over the place. As you could tell, my mind is very ADD. And I remember feeling so anxious. My dad had friends over. And that's how my dad copes. My dad is super extrovert. Let me entertain. Um, And I remember just feeling like I couldn't even speak to anybody. So I snuck out of my bedroom like a 12-year-old or 13. And I drove to the hospital because that's it was one of my mom's hospital stays. And I remember walking into the room and it was just immediate calm. Mm -hmm. Like I just felt like, and I'll never forget it. And I slept there and we had a little sleepover and we made fun of the orange Coca-Cola ad because (laughs) she was like, who would ever drink that? And I was like, I don't know, mom. I agree. And every single person that came in to take her blood or whatever, there was always, no matter how much pain, thank you. And I just remember that even in the rehab center too, when it was getting super bad, uh, my, my dad came in and I took a video of it and it's really sweet, but he would read her the menu. Oh yeah. You showed me that. And, and she just would listen and you just saw their dynamic of like, here I am for you. I, I just want to help. And it mm-hmm. was just such a cool thing to see that switch mm-hmm. with my mom and dad. And I think that day in the hospital when I walked in and I just felt immediate calm, that's when I knew, oh, you're the rock of our family. Oh, you're the foundation. Oh, you made everything mm-hmm. <laughs> calm. And, and it, it was such a light bulb. And I, I feel like that whole year I was given chances to grieve and then, you know, be, I don't know. It's almost like she prepared me for it mm-hmm. in a weird way. Yeah. Well, and I've thought a lot about this. Uh, your experience with losing your mom was kind of the polar opposite of my experience with losing my dad in the sense that my dad's came out of nowhere, happened quick, and boom, he's gone. Yeah. And uh, there's pros and cons to both, you know. I'm, I, I'm still very sad that I didn't get to say goodbye to my dad, even on the phone. I talked to him on the phone just to recap real quick. I won't go into the whole thing, but Wednesday, dad went to the doctor for a checkup. Mm. He left. They went to go eat lunch while they're eating lunch. He and my mom doctor calls like, you got to get back here immediately. They found some stuff in his heart. It's real serious. Uh, we're going to have surgery Monday morning. Um, iffy you know it's a serious surgery but uh you got a good chance of of surviving the surgery and then we'll be on our way to recovery after doctors is on wednesday surgery on monday and uh saturday before the surgery even happened he died oh my god so i I talked to him on the phone the day he died and it was just it wasn't oh my god this is goodbye this is dad we're worried about you good luck monday Fingers crossed, chin up, you're going to beat this thing. It's going to be great. I'll check in with you Monday. And he died that night. So that was so swift and unexpected. And I I just regret, I don't know what I could have done, but I just, I would have given anything to seen him or at least had a phone call where like, okay, this is it. You know, say goodbye over the phone. 
But there was no goodbyes because we were all thinking positive. Like, no, nah, you can beat this. You'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. Come Wednesday Same, or come yeah. Monday. Where your mom's was, a, like you just described, a long, slow decline. So there's pros and cons to both. I, my con, my, my pro is that I'm as painful and swift as that was to just have him snatched away from me. I'm glad I didn't have to watch him decline for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, that would have been real tough. So I do think it was, I look back on it as well. And Judy and my mom had, they, listen, my mom loved loves Judy. I know she's still with us. And Judy came back to help and actually killed it. Like she was there all the time. Mm-hmm. She was the one that would call the ambulances. Like she did the heavy lifting at times and I'm forever grateful for that. And, uh, she, I think they needed that time. Mm-hmm. So that summer it was interesting. Cause I kind of just backed off and they just, my mom would hold her hand in the car. She would take her, like they got the time they needed. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was really special. Um, but yeah, there's nothing that could prepare you for it. Mm-hmm. It's a club you don't want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I kind of hid all year. I I didn't want to be like, oh, the girl that, you know, even before my mom died, I was just like, okay, mom's going to get better. And then I could be a person again. (laughs) And I, I, I do regret not asking for help Mm -hmm. or asking for a friend or ask like, because I didn't want to impose on anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to just do it myself. And then the other thing about my mom is that like, she she would pray for me every day. Like she just would send me Bible verses. And when I was single, she'd be like eharmony.com on like every letter. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, she was very spiritual and to go through all that she did, I do believe in God. And I do believe that her relationship with God was so strong and so evident. And she just shined in this really soulful way. Mm -hmm. And she had a dark sense of humor Mm -hmm. and was just very like... And a subtle sense of humor. Very subtle. Yeah, you noticed that. Yeah, I I picked up on that. Like, I think we've talked about this, but there were times at family gatherings or something where she'd make a real sly little joke that nobody else even (laughs) noticed. And then I'd lock eyes where they're like, I see what you did there, Corrine. And she'd be like, thanks. Oh, I love that you guys had that moment. We had had a few of those. You did. We're like... She she always knew that Dave Dave will get this. Yeah. <laughs> she was the best. I I don't know. It is a, it everyone has their own process. I I just think I'm so grateful to know her in the way I did. And By the way, you hear that? Yeah. I apologies for the sound quality of this There's, we we record in our apartment and we're right near the street. Is that coming from above? No, I or? think it's the alarm. Uh, it's the mystery alarm. Every God. time. It, There's always it's... some stupid, weird, <laughs> unidentifiable noise around here. Anyway. I ahead. bet that's my mom being like, all right, guys, wrap, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable with all this like, attention. Yeah, she hated attention, hated it. But she would always, well, I was so codependent. I would always, in, through college, I would mm-hmm. visit them every week. And, and she would always walk me out. Always. And I remember being like, Mom, you don't have to walk me out. And she was like, well, no matter what, you're my baby. And I want to say goodbye, and I love you. So I'm going to walk you out. That's what you do. She taught me to always walk people out, always listen, 
always ask about others, always do one thing a day that, that brings other people joy. Um, in Judaism, they call it a mitzvah, where you don't expect anything back. And mm-hmm. really, to be anonymous, like you're not supposed to be like... I, That's the way I, it should be. Yeah. You shouldn't do kind things expecting something in return. And she just... she If you were in her inner circle, you've never felt love the way Corrine loved. And my dad is heartbroken. I don't... I mean, he is just... He's living with my nephew, Jack, right now, mm-hmm. who is my sister's son. My Jack's living with him. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> my 13-year-old like... nephew has a house. and he... <laughs> No, but, oh, and also she was the best Nana ever. She was called mm-hmm. Nana mm-hmm. by Jack and David. David is my amazing football stud. Yeah, just uh, signed oh. a, a letter of intent to uh, play football at... Is it uh, Fresno City College? Fresno, yes. Yeah. Fresno City College. And About full six, ride. 6'4", six, 290. Just a, just, just a beast of a man. They call him Pancake yeah. because he just pancakes people on the field. Yeah, he's, he's a big old badass. And has the biggest heart that yeah. I've ever known. Just a sweetie. And same with Jack. The best heart. And my mom would cook cookies with Jack. And she would just hang out with David and always talk. Like, she would have... One on one time, which uh-huh. was very important. Oh, really? Yeah, she with, liked one on one time. Uh huh. Uh-huh. She didn't like group settings. Okay. Much like me, I think that's. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not like I don't like group, but I, you know, I'm you incapable prefer, of small talk. Yeah. So it's just like, uh, let's talk about sad, dark stuff. Uh, no, reality TV. Come on. Anyway, uh, so yeah, she was the best <laughs> nana, and they loved her. Like they had, they had a connection that was just like. Oh shit! Really? That that's great. Yeah, I had good grandparents. Like there was nothing. They had. I mean, like anybody, they had their flaws. But I have no complaints. But I, for whatever reason, just wasn't tight with either one of them. Yeah. You know. So it's. I always envy that. And my on my dad's side, he didn't have parents by the time I was around. Um, but yeah, just never had a super tight relationship with my uh, grandmother or grandfather. Uh, not there was no adversity. Just for whatever reason. Oh, that's we so just funny. Didn't, didn't connect. Well, yeah, Nana, my dad's nice. mom, I lived, lived at Nana's house uh-huh. a lot. <laughs> um, and I would perform plays for everybody. Of course. And <laughs> play with my imaginary friends. Anyway, things are getting weird. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know what I was talking about with my mama on the last uh-huh. one. But she loved me. She gave me unconditional love. She would hug me. And that, you know, those hugs... I always pulled away first, but mm-hmm. she just kept hanging on. And I would give anything to feel that again. Um, but I know it's funny with grief because I feel like I call it little bluebirds. Like when Susie passed away, I would see bluebirds whenever I felt like, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. What's happening? And I would just freak out and I would see a bluebird and I, I knew it was my I knew it was Susie being like, hey girl, you're doing okay. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'd see a bluebird, I know that's weird, but I associate that with Susie. And since Susie was a lot like my mom figure, she was 10 years older than me. When mom passed, I kept seeing bluebirds everywhere mm-hmm. and like, I just felt like it was her little love note to me saying, you're going to be okay. It's okay. And she was just a special lady, you know? And I think no one knows how to navigate it, but you got to have, like you said, like you just got to keep going. You got to keep going. Well, there's no options, no choice. Yeah. 
and I, I'm sure this has been said before, but when my dad passed, I feel like, uh, you know, when my dad passed, I was 40. And, you know, I've lived, a, I've, I've packed a lot into those 40 years. And, uh, but I, I felt, I, I made this observation. I'm sure someone before me has said this, but I felt like um, you're not really an adult until a parent dies. Yeah. Because that's, that's just such the cold, hard shovel of reality hitting you in the face of like, oh, damn, this person who I've literally known longer than any other person. You know your parents. Your parents are your, the first people you meet or, or your siblings. But this person who I know better than anyone in the world and who knows me better yeah. than anyone in the world and has been a constant every minute of my life is now gone. And that is, I don't care, you know, nothing in my life experience prepared me for that. All the things I've done and experienced and seen, none of that prepared me for the cold, hard reality of, oh, shit, my, my buddy's gone. Yeah. I, and I say that all the time, too. It's like, I miss my best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, it wasn't like a weird thing. Like, I'm a cool mom. We're best friends. Like, mm-hmm. it was a, a connection that's like, it was almost like we were war buddies, because we went through the death of my sister and, and it just put us together. Oh. We just, we would lay in bed and watch romantic comedies and, you know, we would just, I mean, I just adored her. At night, I remember being little and like coming into my parents' bedroom being like, okay, let's dish. Like I wanted to <laughs> check mm-hmm. in and just, I, she really was just so special and she mm-hmm. just got me. Like, she knew how to speak Katie language, which, you know, is very hard. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she was great. And, and, and honestly, for anyone that's lost somebody or is grieving, um, all I can say is I'm sorry. And, and it will get better. Mm-hmm. And Do you feel like it's gotten better in the last 363 days? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It I feel like it's interesting because I'll be like, yeah, life is great. Woo. And then it's like, oh, my God, I just saw a rusty nail in the street. Yeah. And it reminds me of my mom and everything's horrible. And I miss her. And then my Irish therapist always says, like, you've got to let it wash over you. Mm-hmm. And you always say that, too. Like, it's okay to cry. It's yeah. okay. You apologize sometimes when you get sad about your mom. And I always say... Sweetie, you don't have to apologize. It would be weird if you weren't sad about your mom. Yeah. So don't apologize. Thank you, boo. Just handle it as it comes. And I'll say this. I've said this before, and I truly mean it, and I'm very, very fortunate that I'm finally at this level, at this point in my grieving process. And I've told you this dozens of times, but I believe it. There will come a day, hopefully soon, Hmm. that when you think of your mom, your first reaction is going to be a smile and not a tear. I'm fortunately there now. When I think of my dad, great. when I see, just like you said, see the anything that reminds me of him, my first reaction is a smile. It makes me smile. And I don't, don't get me wrong, I still, I'm still sad. I still miss him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there, <clears throat> there are things, and I don't know if we've talked about this, but one of the things I miss most about my dad is because and like you said, not that like, oh, he's my best friend, like, but we had, no, you we, had, did. A, you we had, had a pretty, pretty strong bond. 
And uh, on a superficial level, we had a ton of things in common. Yeah. We we both loved baseball and football and country music. Baseball and cards. Movies and, and baseball cards. <laughs> and, like, we literally had the same taste. And he liked most of my weird alt-country. Like, he liked Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson. He loved all this. I, I exposed him to all that and just yet another thing we could connect on. But one of the things that I miss so much is because we had so much in common on a superficial level... Just like my other friends who who we share common interest, if if you know if I hear of a new if Sturgill puts out a new album, I want Fritz right. to hear it or I want Singer to hear. It. Hey, have you heard this? Oh. Oops, sorry, <laughs> I'm getting a little animated. Uh, but I was that way with my dad. Like, oh, dad, I, I want you to hear this new song or did you hear what the Braves did this week? Or and and not being able to connect with them on a small level uh, like that uh, is one of the things I miss the most. Um, but overall. Uh, when I think of my dad now, my, my, my instinctual reaction is a smile mm-hmm. and not a, not, a, not a frown or a tear. And uh, you'll get there. You'll get there. Thank you, Boo. Well, I'd like to say, too, like, just to kind of wrap up the Corrine segment, mm-hmm. um, w- w- by the way, which will never be wrapped up because I'm obsessed with her and I love her. Uh, <laughs> but throughout that year... I wouldn't have survived it without you. I wouldn't have survived it. I mean, even my, like my family, like we just really connected and it was like team mom. Okay, we're going to do this. Like my dad was the most optimistic person ever. Every day it was like, all right, Corrine, let's go. Let's Mm -hmm. do it. And he, he, he just tried his. Charlie. Charlie, stop it. His best. My sister moved basically near my parents to help. Like Mm -hmm. my nephews would come down all the time. Like it was really cool to band together in that Mm -hmm. way. Oh, we got a busy day. I'm sorry guys. (laughs) But I think throughout, like if you guys have somebody in your life that is going through something where they're taking care of their parents or being a caregiver or whatever, I would get messages from I mean, Beth Crosby is a fucking saint. I love her. It. She was, <laughs> weirdly, a Second City, not alum, but she was, one, I was a fan of her from mm-hmm. Groundlings. Like, okay. she's a brilliant comedic actress. And she posted all year, the previous year, about her the death of her mom. Mm-hmm. Like, she would say, like, it's okay to cry in a parking lot and not, you know, wear makeup for two months, right? Hashtag... Mm-hmm. First year, my mom died. And I remember seeing that, and then I reached out to her, and it was just a constant communication that, like, was my oxygen. Mm-hmm. Liz Bowler, Angel from Heaven, was basically my counselor. You, Louie, who basically also counseled me, like, my little Lou, he mm-hmm. was just the best. I mean, I was surrounded by people that just... My high school friends came to my friggin' mom's funeral, and... I remember just diving into their arms and getting like the biggest group hug, and I've never felt more loved. I mean, well, but that's you getting returns on your investment. You are such a kind soul, and you are so uh, caring about the people around you that uh, it's easy for those people to give it right back to you because you deserve it and you've earned it. <laughs> Thank you, Boo. And I mean, my college professor, my mentor, Monica Gannis. Uh, uh, Uncle Scotty, her husband, 
Gobbity, the Gobbities came. It, it, I mean, it was just like, thank you. And what I learned as a codependent, because I always just want to go places, and if I can't do something 100 million percent, I don't go. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, oh, I, I'm enough. Yeah. I could just go and be, because that's what I learned. Like, sometimes you just got to show up like those friends did, like you did, like how you just sat with me. And that meant the world. And, and I just, I'm, I'm very lucky that I got that experience i mean my friend from elementary school amy stevens came (laughs) and they and everyone just sat with it was just really beautiful Mm -hmm. and i'm forever grateful i'll never forget that so thank you dear dear angels (laughs) (laughs) well that's great well corinne i love you i miss you i mean I'm going to have a piece of carrot cake on Mother's Day because she friggin' loved carrot cake. That and angel food cake. Corinne a good cook? Yes. What What did she like cooking? Okay. Hamburger stroganoff, uh-huh. which was like the greatest thing to life. <laughs> she made this weird brownie thing that me and my sister would always go in the middle and like eat it oh, yeah. <laughs> inside the, out. The soft parts. Oh, stuff. yeah. Uh, she liked baking. Baking okay. was her thing. Yeah. Always angel food cake in one of those like last things that held it yeah yeah. i would take chunks of that Uh like an animal (laughs) (laughs) she was very appropriate she had little name tags at thanksgiving like she always sat people like she was she was just classy and cool and i'm lucky to have that that's awesome boo i'm glad you met her i'm glad you guys had time together and i'll say this again too i've said this about my dad but uh as painful as it is to lose your mom and for me to lose my dad and for anybody to lose someone they love and cared about, um, I'm glad that we're both in the same boat in that we have an endless bank of good memories to draw from. Yeah. Because I realize not everybody has that. No. You know, some people's parents die, and it's mixed emotions. Oh, totally. Like, well, you know. you're dealing with all your childhood. You're mm-hmm. forced to go back and be like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many things you're forced to deal with. So, in a way, it's an invitation to, like, okay, these are things I need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like, I started praying because the pain was so bad. I didn't know how to, I couldn't move. And, I just tried to stay present. Like I remember every day my sad walks, I call them with Charlie where I would just be like, there's my dog. Okay. He's walking dog walking. Like I couldn't even think Mm -hmm. because I had such like family stuff in my head, but you're right. It, it's so great that we had great parents. And I think with the people that have struggled or, you know, if you had a parent that you weren't as close with, what I think happens is I think you get a different figure in your life mm-hmm. that is that. So in a way, I don't know, that gives me hope for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but guys, she was awesome. Corinne Elizabeth Strandberg. Well, thanks for sharing this with us, Boo. Thanks, guys. Sorry and it's all ADD. And that's all right. All and uh, place, I know Corrine uh, was and still is very proud of you. No, oh, thank you, Boo. I hope so. We'll end it there today. Uh, again, thanks. I know it's tough to open up, uh, especially in the context of a podcast about stuff like this, but, uh, 
Well, thank you for listening. She raised a good one. Well. And she's proud of you. And I'm proud of you. Thanks, boo. And it'll get better. And you've done great this year. And, uh. And to all those peeps that don't have a mama this Sunday, I'm thinking of you. Yeah. I love you. Reach out to me. We can, I don't know, just send each other sad emojis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously we didn't cover any uh, voicemails uh, this week, but uh, we'll get back to that next week. Uh, feel free to keep calling. Uh, what is it? Uh, 562-548-2012. In that order. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Stonebergs podcast. If you enjoyed it, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a few seconds to rate and review it on iTunes. And if you don't listen to it on iTunes but still want to help out, simply tell a friend, as word of mouth is so important. Follow us on Instagram, at the Stonebergs podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at the Stonebergs. And lastly, give us a call 24-7 and leave a voicemail at 562-548-2012. That's 562-548-2012. Thanks for listening. Together. Uh-huh. It didn't work. You tried to replace me when we weren't together and yeah. it didn't work? Uh-huh. So are you in a lot of pain? Yeah. What, what hurts? The bottom of my tooth hurts, uh-huh. but not the bottom left because they just did that one. Oh, so okay. I think they put the numbing here first. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they numbed you up pretty good. Uh-huh. Okay. You can't use a straw for a while, and you can't eat anything hard or warm. So, I'm going to have to get you some ice cream and some yogurt and stuff, okay? Okay. Sugar free. That sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. But overall... Oh, I already took one of these. You, overall, you feel okay? No, no, no. I my tooth. It's your tooth. All right. We'll, we'll get you home here soon, okay? Oh, yeah.